0: This podcast is a part of Garnet Media Group Podcast Network. Garnet Media Group is a partnership between the student-run media outlets at the University of South Carolina. Find out more about Garnet Media's podcast and other student work on garnetmedia.org.
1: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Inside 1801. My name is Alex Mithal, and I am one of your co-hosts here alongside...
0: I'm Maya Porzio, and we're excited today to have um, Joe Wright. So we're going to give him kind of a moment to introduce himself today.
2: Awesome. Thanks for having me all. Um, Hey, everyone. I'm Joe Wright. I graduated from the university in 2012 from the Darla Moore School of Business. Um, was a finance and marketing major and left the university and started my career in management consulting, and I've been there ever since. Yeah, that's awesome, um, and we're just
1: super excited to have you on the podcast with us today. Um, kind of the theme of the episode today is kind of talking about um, LGBTQ students on campus, ways that we can better advocate for them. Um, kind of that their um kind of that community's like lived experiences ways, um, as ways as in addition to ways that the Alumni alumni Association excuse me, advocates for students on campus. Um, So we're just kind of excited to kind of like start digging into some of those topics. So, but I guess the first question we have for you Joe is um, you're the second openly LGBTQIA
2: plus student body president,
1: Um, what did that mean to
2: you? Yeah, you know, that was a something I thought about when I was running, because at the time, you know, there was not a ton who had come before me, you know, there was um, Zach, who I think was the president 2003 or four, but there was really no playbook or recent playbook where I could really reference up knowing how to do that, right. So, you know, in my experience, and this is 10 years ago, you know, I was very involved with different student organizations and leadership. It never really was, I'm going to say an issue, like it never was, a concern of mine as I, you know, went from a freshman to a sophomore to a junior. So when I made the decision to re- run my junior year, it was a sort of an afterthought, honestly. And I think at the time, I did not realize how big of a deal it was for me to, you know, be elected as, you know, the second openly LGBTQ um, student body president. But I think once I landed in the space, I it really resonated with me in terms of not have people come up to me and say just, having me at that level of visibility at the university and also serving on the board of trustees. Right. And being sort of that public base, not only for USC Columbia, but the entire USC system on the board of trustees was a huge thing. And, you know, even with my experience on the board and working with the board of trustees, the administration, it never was an issue at all. You know, there was a lot of people who were big advocates, um, support me in everywhere I could. And I think it was really cool to see that. I think a lot of people felt more comfortable being themselves when I was for sort of the public face of the university from a student perspective. So I think at the end of it, I think I didn't really see the impact until I got to the end and people, you know, would come up to me and say how much it meant to them. Even after I graduated, people would come up to me. I think one time on a train in D.C. and say it meant so much that you were visible and out and open and made, kind of gave us all permission to be ourselves in a lot of ways, right? Not that I'm some like, you know, hero by any means, but I think the visibility is the, the key part of that.
0: I was just going to say as like a fellow like political science student a lot of what we learned is that it really does matter like who is in office and for right. people being able to see someone that looks like them or has a similar identity to them really does catapult kind of their involvement and what they feel they can do cuz role models are a big thing. So I think right. that's like amazing that you had that opportunity to be there. Um, Be on the forefront and then have other students kind of see you in that role. Probably, I'm sure, meant a lot.
2: And I think also, and I've thought about this a lot after I graduated, you know, I'm from a small town in South Carolina, right? And so I think it was sort of like one of South Carolina's own ascended to this opportunity. And though, you know, I might not have been the persona that a typical student vice president would have Mm -hmm. been, it still did not change the way that I led or the way, you know, I I governed or whatever. I was still the same person, right? And I still had, you know, students' interests at hearts and I always, wanted to make sure that, you know, I did what was best for university, right, and I think that also really helped, right, because I think when they have, a you know, a local son of the, you know, the state, I think that they're like, oh, like, you know, you're not going to be any different from anyone else, and I think that helped with a lot of respect.
1: Yeah, I definitely really like your um, your point about how, like, it's, you're not really different than anybody else, and it's, like, um, being a part of the LGBT community is, like, while, yes, is, like, a factor of your um of your livelihood of your being it's not the only factor that makes you you right um and it's like important to show that like, just because just because you were the secondly, openly LGBTQ president, didn't mean that that was your entire identity and that's the entire thing that your presidency kind of encompassed, it encompassed much more than that for sure. Um, so that kind of leads me to a question that I had, um, is how do you think serving as student body
2: president sets you up for success after graduation? I mean, one, it was probably the coolest job I'm ever going to have, you know, even being in the working world now, like it was such a fun job because, you know, you're part administrator because, you know, you're kind of working with, the, you know, the administration, you're a student and you're also a politician in a lot of ways. And, you know, I they used to send me up to the state house to lobby on behalf of the university. I'd be sitting in budget meetings, you know, saying this is what we need. This is why I need it. And, you know, I, a lot of times I was the face of the university from a student perspective. Um, but I mean, it taught me so much about um consensus driven leadership in terms of you know at a university it's so many committees right and it's easy to stay in there this is what i want this is what i need but you know i learned a lot about how to negotiate you know how to sort of you know give in what i needed to but also ask for what i needed um the biggest thing is just you know leading that many students in that big of a, you know a cabinet and that was an incredible experience to really see how things come together um, you know, from a business perspective, and this is why I really had a different sort of approach and why I wanted to be the president. I, I kind of, one of the first, business not maybe one of the first, but I was, usually it's a poli-sci major who usually comes into this. And I was one of the first business students in a long time because I was just fascinated by the way the university operated. Like I, you know, when I joined the board of trustees, I wanted to be on the audit committee because I thought that was so fascinating. A little strange that a student wants to do that, but I, you know, it really <laughs> helped me understand from a financial perspective, how the university worked. Um, and it really set me up well in terms of my career after college as well. So when I was one of our last meetings on on the board, this consulting firm came in and did this big performance improvement project. Um, and I thought this is amazing. Like I would love to continue working in higher education and also do consulting. And so I went and talked to them afterwards and landed myself a job with the firm after college. And so literally if it would not have been for this position, I would not be where I am today. Right. Um, but I think also like, in terms of what I've taken beyond just the professional credentials is it's really and this kind of get into our alumni conversation here in a second. It really taught me so much about impact and purpose, right? Even beyond the gates of the horseshoe, really understanding your purpose and understanding that you don't stop having an impact when you're a student, right? Like I can still have an impact at the university and not be enrolled there. And it's so important to continue to focus on that because we have to build the next generation behind us, Right. And that we can't give up in terms of our responsibility to take care of that generation even if i'm outside of columbia and so i think that it planted a deep seed in me to continue to you know live sort of that you know carolina creed and also just to continue to give back because you know because so many people invested in me from administration mentors leaders it's our job and soon to be you know if you're graduating you know your job as well to continue to, be, to give back and make the university a better place
0: very cool, and I guess for me, like as a senior about to kind of join into the realm of alumni, going from an involvement like heavily involved position on campus, like what does that transition kind of look like? How would you Oof. recommend that current seniors can remain connected, get involved?
2: Mm-hmm. I'm gonna warn you because you're the you're the outgoing student body vice president. It's a bit of a shell shock. Um, <laughs> Cause you're, you know, you're on top of the mountain and you can see how everything works and you're, you know, it's amazing. And then you're kind of, it was a, honestly a humbling experience in doing that transition into the corporate world because I was like, oh, I'm not as big of a deal that I used to think I am. Right. And, <laughs> you know, it sort of grounded me in a lot of ways of saying, you know, you got to start over. There's so much opportunity in that at the same time. Um, I would say as you are thinking about graduation and as you graduate, like it kind of goes back to my last comment you know, one of the things I struggled with after leaving was finding that sense of purpose, right? And I think a lot of times it's easy to have that purpose when you're in college, because it's sort of, you're going to get a degree to get a job. And then when you leave the university, there's so much opportunity, but you can literally do whatever you want, that it's sometimes a little overwhelming. And so you don't know where to place your sense of purpose or where to invest, right? And so thankfully, over a number of years, the university always called me and asked me to be involved in stuff. And so that gave me a big sense of purpose of, you know, staying connected to university. I even if it's not staying connected to the university, I would say find a sense of purpose. Maybe it's giving back to another nonprofit organization or, you know, it's doing something else in your local community. I will I will give you sage advice that your job should not be your purpose because your job is always going to let you down. Right. And I always <laughs> give that advice to um people who are graduating because I think we as very type A driven individuals, we put so much stock on that credential of, you know, my job defines me. But I think, like, as you get older, you realize that, like, a job is a JOB, right? You have to find a bigger sense of purpose and then a bigger mission to really get the true meaning and fulfillment out of life. So, whatever that is, you know, find it takes some time to do some soul searching, but find whatever continues to drive you and kind of helps you identify what that purpose is. We, um, hopefully that's helpful.
1: Yeah, that's definitely very <laughs> helpful. Um, we just had a, um, a podcast episode with a another former student body president um her name was Izzy Rushton it was she graduated yeah. in 2021 um and she kind of talked a lot about like um embracing the uncertainty of like post-graduation lifestyle um if you yeah. could talk a little bit more about like kind of that uncertainty, yeah. uncertainty and like um kind of how you found your sense of belonging off campus
2: yeah you know it's I always joke- around with students who are about to graduate because you know what actually one of the questions I got one time it was really funny to be put this context someone asked me how do you make friends as an adult (laughs) and I was like you know I never really thought about that but you kind of have to be very intentional about it because we don't have all these clubs we're going to and football games and you know I think that you That is something you really have to think about because you kind of have been taken out of this, you know, experiment called higher education. And you have to really think you can be very much more intentional about your relationships. Right. And so, you know, I've moved around to a lot of different cities. I've lived in Chicago, D.C., Charleston, now I live in Charlotte. And the biggest thing I tell the people when you're moving to a new space or a new community is come from a place of yes. Like if someone said, as long as you don't get in trouble or you're not breaking the law. But, you know, just say yes to everything because you don't know what can lead you into. You don't know you're going to meet that night or that day or, you know, who's going to be at that lunch. And it can be very, you know, nerve wracking that you don't always know who's going to be there or what's going on. But you have to say come from a place of yes. When I moved to Chicago from the university, I didn't even I did not even visit Chicago when I moved there. Like literally when I drove into the city, that was the first time I was ever there. And I knew one person but it was an incredible experience. And that one person helped me introduce other people and I met other people. And so you have this one time in your life where you can take risks, right? And that you can be, you know, a little uncertain about the uncertain. And this is what is so great about, you know, leaving college is you have all these skills of knowing how to network, knowing how to meet people, you know, building relationships. And now you get to take that to the real world. And so why not do it at the most extreme of move to a new city or move to a different country, you know, try out something you didn't, you, that you never have before. And even with job searching, people always say, you know, I don't want to, I don't know what I want to be when I grow up. And I say, I still don't know what I want to be when I grow up. Right. So lean into stuff that you're curious about. If you're asking a lot of questions about it, then, you know, kind of follow that thread and just continue to think about like what you're interested in, what you're curious about.
1: Where has been your like favorite place that you've lived throughout your career? If you, if you, if you can pick.
2: Yeah, no. So I lived in Charleston for almost five years in this place. And I'm actually here right now visiting some friends. Um, it's just such a magical place. Like it's just, it just, as soon as you get here, you're just so relaxed. Um, also living in DC was a really, really cool experience. Just seeing like being around government and being around is how everything kind of happens at that level was really interesting. It's also a very cool city from an international perspective, just because, you know, there's so many countries that have representation there. That you get a really good sense of like international exposure and representation. So those are probably my two favorite ones besides Charlotte, where I live now. Yeah, for sure. Perfect.
0: Okay. So what would you say like when you think of kind of what your passion projects were when you were at the university and now mm-hmm. kind of looking at the university's progress, like what kind of progress do you think that the university's made, especially in regards to like inclusivity and kind of where do you think yeah. that the university has work to do?
2: So I was very fortunate when I was there that it was sort of, I call it the Glee era, like you the right when the show Glee was coming on. And so <laughs> you know, also like Modern Family. And so, you know, people were introduced in a very positive way about the LGBT community from like watching TV and, you know, cinematography and TV shows really has been on the forefront of introducing these big ideas of culture to, you know, the American psyche. And I think that made a huge difference where it kind of helped, Bring us to the forefront in a very organic way, where you know it really was not an issue being out. Um, and I think at the time, like there was a lot of there was a lot of education on the community. We we had safe zone training back then, and that was really helpful. And people were really proud of that. If they went through the training and just being knowledgeable of that you know there was a lot of um, health and wellness things in terms of you know making sure that everyone has access to healthcare in terms of the LGBT community. I will say that, you know, one thing that I observed, there was not a lot of student organizations at the time that there were organizations, but it seemed like people were kind of cautious about maybe joining them or not. Um, And so I think that's something really cool that I've seen from the university that there's a lot more involvement there's, you know, especially in terms of like transgender, Um, that was not really a thing when I was here, like there were transgender who were there, but they didn't have as much visibility about having their own student organization. Um, I think in terms of where I would like to see the university go, and this is where I've, you know, I have advocated on um, being a part of the alumni council is, you know, recognizing LGBTQ history month. And because I think like when you start to identify and recognize that as a core point in history, that's when it really gives credibility and visibility to a community that has had such a, a major impact, right? And so, you know, I've nudged a few times and I think I would love to see them just, it, you know, it's a baseline recognition, right? Um, and I know there has been some concerns from what I've heard that, you know, there's a perception from the legislature that the university is being too liberal or taking a position on um, a certain political aspect. But, you know, this is not politics. This is, you know, these are people's lives. And this is a core group of people who literally helped build the university and, you know, is going to continue to be a part of this, you know, community for a long time. And even from like a recruiting perspective, you know, for future students, like if you future students don't see themselves at the university, don't see themselves in these organizations, don't see the university representing them in the right way, then what's the appeal to come there, right? They're going to choose another university. And so this visibility, this advocacy that the university needs to do on behalf of these students is so important all the way from the top down.
1: I really liked your point about um, humanizing, like how it's not... am I going with this like it's not like just enough to um acknowledge it but also like humanize that like these are some of the people who um created the university and um I also I think it's interesting so we're all all three of us are university ambassadors or or you are a former university ambassador um so your point about um attracting students to making sure that um all students feel represented while we're giving tours. I think that's been a big push within the university ambassador program as of recent um, to make sure that diversity, equity, and inclusion is very ingrained within the um, core tenets of our organization. And we're able to share that with prospective students when we're on tour. Um, So I just, I really liked your point about just like how it's like to it's important that we need to, as a, as a university really take a stance and actually acknowledge LGBTQ, LGBTQ history um, as a part of our overall USC history.
2: And I was actually on a, I think it was more my last tours, but one of the parents asked me, they're like, why is the women's quad named after all men? And I was like, <laughs> uh, I don't, it literally put me on my heels. Great I was question. like, you're not wrong, you know, but it's like little things like that that I think this next generation are very focused on, right? As well as we are, as you know, too. And I think, you know, think about the day when, you know, and I don't know if it's ever going to happen, but imagine them like naming a, a housing you know, or a a building after an LGBTQ member, like that would be a huge moment in the university's history, right? Um, But also just more females as well. Like, there's a very, you know, long history of cisgender white men having things named after them, right? And I think it's the time to start having more representation, you know, from females, African Americans, LGBTQ people, you know, Latinx, whomever, of having sort of that that tapestry of really who made this university the place it is. It's not just a singular group of people.
1: Yeah, I think your note about buildings, cause it's like, they're not only just cisgender white men, but they're actually really terrible cisgender white men typically. Um, and I know we just had a conversation with um, Courtney McLean a few weeks ago, who she's the um, president of the youth and college division of the, um, yeah. and the South Carolina NAACP. And she's she talked to us about advocacy and like the aim to rename campaign. And I think it's, um, important for the university to kind of be on the right side of history and to support um, not idolizing these very bad and racist people.
2: I agree. <laughs> and that's where we have an opportunity. It's not like there's not other leaders that we could name these buildings off of. It's not where mm-hmm. like we're, you know, have, we're scraping the bottom. But there is a tapestry of diverse individuals, you know, including, you know, including, other other cisgender white men like there's a lot of other great people you can name these you know these buildings off of but you know why not take the opportunity to name the buildings in terms of the reflection that the population that you serve at the university right and that's that's where i hope we will take the university next absolutely
0: and i know you mentioned kind of a lot about you know talking about the history especially like of lgbtq plus individuals on our campus like I guess if you had an individual, I'm not sure if you do, that you would name like a building after, like, was there somebody that was kind of impactful, monumental a story that you read that like shaped your experience?
2: I mean, I don't think from a university perspective, but I also just was not aware of any, you know, like mm-hmm. there was no one that, you know, and then I think this is the history part that, you know, if we had it and was, you know, made aware, I think that I could have picked someone, right? Um, And I think the city of Columbia is actually doing, I think they did a really interesting project where they chronicalized um, LGBTQ history from like the 40s and they obviously have university piece in there. But like, you know, that's why it's so important to know your history and so you can idolize and really look up to these people, right? If we don't see or have context or who, you know, blazed the trail before us, then, you know, it makes it harder to blaze the trail ourselves, right? Because there are a lot of people who've done stuff and we're just not aware of them, and I think that's a missed opportunity. Absolutely. So, kind of
1: um, shifting gears a little bit to talk a more um, about the alumni association, um, you're currently yeah. the chair of the LGBTQ alumni council, um, which is super impressive and awesome. But what would you say um, these the function of these alumni councils are, and like how do they, um, or how do how do they get? how do they function within the larger alumni association
2: yeah so um we reference them as affinity councils so there is the veterans um the black alumni council the young alumni council and then the lgbtq plus alumni council and so these these councils really are an opportunity for you know a group of people who identify as a part of a community to come together and really focus on you know programming or initiatives that are designed to cater to that community right and so you know i was kind of Surprise when the alumni council announced that they were going to have this affinity council because you know it's been a struggle for a while to really have any sort of that rep- you know any kind of diversity and inclusion representation at in any of those different organizations besides you know they've always had the black alumni council and the veterans but beyond that it just wasn't a lot and so that was really great to see the alumni council take that position and so it came to fruition I think around two two three years ago. Um, but it's been a really great opportunity. And I think what's been the 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 best thing about it is that, you know, we have all had a very positive experience at the university. But there are people who went in the 70s and 80s who did not have a positive experience from an LGBTQ perspective. And so a lot of our work has really been focused on um helping those students to or former students to re-engage with the university, realize it's a different place, right? And we do a lot of work with OMSA and highlighting a lot of the student program that's going on so they are aware of like all this great work that the university is doing. What's been really great too, is we actually held a um, safe zone training last fall. And so we did a training for like 50 alumni um, because they never had that at the university. And they also want to learn just in general about how to use the right language and how to engage people. And so it's kind of cool to see this extension university go to the alumni council to educate our alums who've never had the opportunity to be engaged and educated while they were there. So, you know, we're seeing a lot of those natural connections and, you know, opportunities and partnerships with universities to kind of re-engage and bring people back to the university to help them and understand that it's a much better place to be a part of now.
1: Yeah, that's definitely very important work um, that you guys are doing and kind of like we acknowledging, I, acknowledging that people who um, are much older than us and have got, went to the university earlier than us had a probably very different experience than we that even even the difference because when when did you graduate joe
2: 2012
1: okay so it's been oh, it's been over 10 years so like even your Your
2: experience in two thousand twelve. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. No, it's okay. (laughs) Sorry. No, but I think even. But I was kind of what I was talking about earlier. If it would have been five years before my time, I think it would have been a lot harder, right? I think like in that short period of time between two thousand three, two thousand five to two thousand twelve. I mean, it was a huge jump forward because you know you you rewind ten or fifteen years ago when the country was going through the AIDS crisis, right, and that was that was a huge part of our history that a lot of you know our generation kind of forgets about. And that really was the foundation for why, why so much got done because, you know, people were literally dying. And so there was so much education progression that had to happen. And that this go back, it goes back to the history piece. Like this is such a core part of our history to help us understand all the work that has been done. Right. And all the leaders who've done all that great work to get to where we are today. So I had the opportunity, to be out and proud, right? Like this did not happen overnight. Like I'm standing on the shoulders of, you know, LGBTQ giants, you know, as they say, and I'm very thankful that they gave me that opportunity because I would not have had it. Absolutely.
1: So kind of like a more fun question, more lighthearted question. Um, (laughs) What was your like favorite thing about USC or what is something you miss the most about um, good old Columbia, South Carolina?
0: Oh man,
2: you know, I was, I was talking to my friends, my friend this weekend, and actually I was like, man, I really miss having a meal plan, (laughs) you know, like just being able to like bob around and have access to all this food everywhere, and so I know probably when I was a senior, I was probably over having a meal plan, Um, but it's just sort of like the silly things like that, you kind of like don't, you take for granted. Um, I really miss, I used to go, I don't know if they still have it, does Preston still do their cafeteria thing where they like they I think it's like a nicer quality of they food. like
0: advanced it this year and made it open to everyone and it's now called fresh greens okay. so it's focused on healthy dining.
2: Okay. Okay. Well that was one of my favorite places to grab lunch. Also went to the McCutcheon house to grab lunch sometime. And that like their tomato pie is phenomenal. Like it's so so good. So a lot of things that I miss at the university are all food related. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, That's fine too. (laughs) (laughs) What's your favorite like off campus um
1: place to eat in columbia
2: So it's funny you ask. I I love going to Cantina 76. Mm. Um they actually they have one here in Charleston. I was like, that's where I want to go because I love going there so much in Columbia. Um and it was like the first place I think I had a margarita when I turned twenty one. I was like, sold great, (laughs) you know. And so that was probably my there and um groucho's Mm -hmm. that was like my favorite sandwich Mm -hmm. groucho's is pretty good yeah
0: well i guess if you have any kind of last closing thoughts or advice for current students on our campus people maybe who have graduated and are listening
2: yeah i think you know and this kind of goes back to my experience being president It's so important to bring people along on the journey with you. I think that, and what I mean by that is that I think there's been so much progress in terms of people really digging their heels in and having a position on things. But I think like you have to be willing to compromise and work with people, right? And I think it's easy to shout from a mountaintop, but not to be pragmatic and find a way through it together, you know, is is something that I would hope students continue to do today, right? Like, I think it's easy to scream and shout and I think that's there's an important moment for that but there's so much in terms of what would happen or what happens behind closed doors and behind that you can do a lot of diplomacy that does not involve necessarily like always you know coming from an extreme position right and so you have to think about like how you take your your advocacy to action right being very tactical about that understanding who you need to work with and you know that was something I learned being on the board of like you know I was concerned you know me being gay was going to be an issue being on the board. And, you know, and this is a, a good example Is like, I think I might've been the first president to ever bring a boyfriend to a board of trustees event. So I might be the first for that, but that was something that was very scary. Right. And because you just didn't know how people yeah. were going to react and it could not have gone better. Right. It was like, I was treated with so much respect. You know, my partner at the time um, was also true with respect, you know? And so I think like people will shock you if you give them a chance to shock you. Mm-hmm. Right. And so you have to be able to take that step forward. So don't, be afraid to have the courage to step out there because a lot of times in most cases people want to do the right thing people want to be good so let them right but if you don't do it then they never can so and that was a very long answer in terms of guidance and advice but if i could sum it up you know make sure that you take your advocacy to action right and don't be scared to be yourself because people will surprise you in a good way a lot of times yeah
1: that's definitely some pretty good advice um So I guess this is our final episode of Inside 1801 for the term with um, Maya leaving the vice presidency. But so we just wanted to thank you, Joe, for coming on the episode or coming on the show with us today. Um, we really appreciated the candid conversations that we had today just about um, the LGBTQ, LGBTQ plus experience for students on campus and just different ways that um, if there's an alumni listening, how they can get involved with the Alumni Association. We really enjoyed your perspective. Um, and I think um, for you, Maya, I just really enjoyed getting the chance to co-host this podcast with you. It was just so much fun to be able to share um different perspectives whether it be students um whether it be alumni um just all across campus but do you have anything final maya
0: um it was well obviously super fun getting to work with you joe thank you for coming yeah. today and close now our last episode with us to everyone listening who's stuck around um thanks for letting us share a little bit more about what's going on inside carolina hopefully we Gave you guys some new people to hear from different perspectives and helped everyone find kind of their place and realize that there's a lot of other people out there like them at this university um, and help just build community. So this has been a lot of fun and can't wait for the next episodes. of The new VP.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. We're so excited to see everything that the next administration does, but thank you guys all again for listening to inside 1801 and we will see you guys later. Bye guys.